The following podcast is a live recording of a radio show first broadcast by Fresh FM with assistance from New Zealand On Air. Fresh FM is a community access media station based in Te Tauihu, the top of the South Island, New Zealand. If you or your group would like to know more about how you can have a program on our station, please contact us. Visit our website, freshfm.net, for our contact details. Hey guys, it is Stu. Welcome to Mochuaka this morning for The Resilient Show. I hope that wherever you are in Nelson Tasman region, wherever you are on planet Earth or off planet Earth, you are looking forward to an amazing Easter weekend. Whether that is because you are celebrating the crucifixion and risen Christ, or whether you are just enjoying a weekend with family and friends. If you're in the Northern Hemisphere, spring has sprung. If we're down here in the Southern Hemisphere, well, we've still got some great weather going on in New Zealand. Cyclone Philly is on its way. Hopefully the weather is settling down. This is The Resilient Show this Friday and I am your host, Stu Darling. Whether you are listening in Nelson CBD on 107.2 FM, whether you're in Nelson Tasman on 104.8 FM, if you're over the hill in Golden Bay area, you're on 95 FM and if you're all the way down in Blenheim, welcome on 88.9. But it doesn't matter if you're not on the radio. You can be anywhere on planet Earth listening on www.freshfm.nz. And frankly, you can be off planet Earth. The International Space Station is fairly busy at the moment with a whole bunch of folks up there. The um, the NASA astronauts, the, um, the Russian cosmonauts, and the first ever private launch and arrival at the International Space Station. So welcome to you guys as well, if you happen to be listening in. Now, this is a special show today um, because we have decided to mix things up a little bit. It's a holiday weekend. And do you know what? Whenever I was growing up, a holiday weekend meant um, it meant films on the telly. And really, in later years, it's been sort of the top 150 tracks, the top 150 songs. Well, we don't have time for 150 songs today, but we are going to dedicate this show to, well, a certain person who um, I have, uh, well, I have followed for most of my life, and even my career shows some similarities. I wonder if you can guess who it is by the title of today's show. The title of today's show is is the proper function of man is to live, not to exist. I shall not waste my days in trying to prolong them. I shall use my time. Any ideas who we could be talking about? Any ideas? Any ideas?
today's show is all about Mr. Bond. James Bond music. Well, why not? I mean, you know, as long as I can remember, I've enjoyed James Bond films. So we're going to play a number of his tracks. And I just have a, a, a general natter about Bond films and films and stuff in general. For those of you who have read my book, Lead Through Life, or if you followed the um, Rediscovering Resilience podcast, um, or even if, you, yeah, if you've listened to the show for a while, you're going yeah, to know that um, for my military career, I... I had an absolutely belting military career. When people ask me about my military career, even now, and we're getting close to well, it's not quite a decade since I since I left, but we're yet yeah, it's I still get a shiver down my spine. I got to serve with some of the most amazing human beings um, from right across the world, including uh, Kiwis that, um, that that worked for me, um, and. I used to. I got to serve in some of the most amazing places. Yes, we served. I served in Iraq and Afghanistan and did lots of shooting in and shooting out of there. But I served in many, many other places. And one of the jobs I had was um, running covert operations. Um, yeah, it's uh, it, it's a story that I get more and more comfortable telling as as time goes on. But yeah, I was I was in the intelligence corps, so that means that I at times I was a spy. What fun we had! Now, I've, I've said before on this show when we've talking about spoken about false realities. Um, what goes on in a Bond film is very, very, very different to life when you're doing the job for real. Um, but there is some excitement. There are bombs. There are guns. There are fast cars. Every once in a while, I was talking to my son about Bond a little while ago, and uh, his favourite Bond was is well was no uh, was Daniel Craig the reason why well you know that's really been the bond of his life who is your favorite bond what's your favorite bond film i will share i'll certainly share which is my favorite bond film as we go through the radio show um i'm not entirely convinced i know who my favorite bond is or was um i think they were they were there for their time and all of the films and the stories were certainly alive for their times but this next track is certainly one of from one of the films that i think really nicely began to um culminate the series as it is at the moment i'm not saying it's over we know it's not over but this is just a great Great anthem to Bond. So overdue 
Dell with Skyfall from the film of the same name. My apologies, that was my own finger trouble right at the beginning of that. I pressed the wrong button, you'd think by now. What are we, six shows in? Would have got it right. Anyway, never mind, we are back on track. And um, the music to Bond... Um, And that's really what we're talking about on the Resilient Show today. And we'll talk about what that's got to do with being resilient in a minute, having Bond as our theme today. Um, The music for Bond has always fascinated me that they've 
managed to keep similar themes for you know, over 25 films, but brought in the artist of the day. You know, Adele was you know, was selling global records in in the in the millions probably, um, and was then invited to uh, record a Bond theme, and and it just worked, didn't it? But there was there has only been one um, artist who has recorded three Bond themes. Do you know who it was? Can you remember who it was? Well, she's. We're going to play two of them next up, um, and this was the Lady Elizabeth's choice when I asked, "Look, what's your um, what's your favourite Bond track?" And her choice was this one. Let's see if I actually get it right this time. Of death from Mr. Goldfinger. 
What a set of lungs on that. Shirley Bassey and Goldfinger. That was her first outing singing the theme to a Bond film. And what a classic Bond film Goldfinger was. You know, from, from Shirley Eaton being painted in gold all the way through Auric Goldfinger smuggling his gold in that classic Rolls Royce um, and odd job with his uh, bowler hat that could chop people's hats. I mean, it was just a proper goody baddie good fun Bond film but it also introduced the DB5 it introduced that arc- the, the, the car that became Bond's car and yet even when BMW won the franchise during Pierce Brosnan's time as Bond there was always that hark back to Aston Martin and I for one am so grateful that um, they got back the um, the franchise for uh, Daniel Craig's time as Bond because it just adds an element of class to um, to the, the the Bond film, I tell you what, I can I can almost feel a weekend of Bond coming up. Um, I won't because I'm actually away. I'm away down to Murchison to um, to do some whitewater paddling this weekend. Um, but years and years ago, um, for um, I think it was my birthday. It was either my birthday or Christmas. The kids bought me ev- a, the DVD set of all of the Bond films. And as the films progressed through Daniel Craig's time in the leading role, I added the DVDs to those DVDs to the collection. And they still sit in the cupboard. We call it the cupboard under the stairs. We don't have stairs in our house, but we call it the cupboard under the stairs. And we've got all of the DVDs of all of the Bond films. Um, So we can pick and choose what we want to watch. So how great was it that just a few weeks ago, Um, Amazon Prime announced that they have now got all of the Bond films available for streaming. Now, that's Amazon Prime. Obviously, other streaming services are available, but not for Bond. They've even got the latest Bond film um, up there, ready to play, Um, No Time to Die. I'm actually partway through my third watching of No Time to Die. The Lady Elizabeth and I went to see it at the cinema. My son and I went to see it at the cinema. And now I'm getting the chance to sit at home and watch it. So if at the end of this you're thinking, hmm... I haven't watched a Bond film for a while, and it's a holiday weekend, it's Easter weekend. Um, That's where to find them. So that track was um, Goldfinger by Shirley Bassey. That was her first outing. Um, playing, singing the music of Bond. Her second outing was in Diamonds Are Forever with with Roger Moore reprising the role of Bond. But we're going to jump to the third time that Shirley Bassey um, sang the theme to Bond. And this is really the first time that I remember watching a Bond film. This film, around about 1981, I think, uh, that was certainly when I went to see it, um, it was at a time when um, we'd begun to get interested in space again. There was um, a spacecraft called the Space Shuttle flying into low Earth orbit. Yeah, we'd, we'd taken a break from going to the moon, and the guys, the Cubby Broccoli and the Bond family, the Bond theme had decided that actually it's about time Bond went into space in order to thwart 
the evil, his evil nemesis in this film, um, Hugo Drax. And Hugo Drax's plan was to destroy the planet with, um, go figure, uh, some sort of plant-based poison, and his master race would then survive in the space station until it was safe to return to Earth. His henchman through the film was the amazing Richard Keel as Jaws, um, who fell in love in space. This is, of course, Moonraker. Shirley Bassey's third outing um, recording the Bond theme and that was of course from Moonraker. It's, it's sort of floaty, isn't it? 
the music's sort of floaty, as if you're floating through space, um, which is what happened at the end. The very end of Moonraker, when um, uh, Bond and the lady friend, the doctor from NASA, whose name escapes me right now, are floating through space, and Q walks in to the question from M, what are they doing? And Q's famous answer is, I think he's attempting re-entry. <clears throat> uh, if you're just joining us, welcome to The Resilient Show on Friday morning on Good Friday. We've got a holiday weekend ahead of us. So we've taken a little bit of a break from the whole coaching and mentoring about resilience and talking about being resilient and how leadership can help resilience, you know, the normal theme of the show. We've actually taken a break and we are just playing the music of Bond. What does that have to do with resilience? Well, um, maybe not so much in the films. It's certainly there in the films. But if you read the books, um, you, Bond is a very, very resilient individual. Um, in the world of intelligence, in the world of spying, you must be resilient. You need that tenacity to keep going, just to keep going and find the answers that are required in order to whether it's prosecuting the battle, whether it's dealing with the bad guy, we've got to be resilient. We've got to have that tenacity. And you know, even when some of the Bond films got a little bit silly with some of the gadgets, Bond still needed to be resilient. So there is a link, however tenuous, there is a link to Bond. Um, there's certainly a link to Bond and me, the host of the show. Um, but yeah, hey, let's just have a little bit of fun this morning with Bond music because yeah, there will be music. Um, yeah, you know, there's just those tracks that you suddenly go, oh, yeah, the song remembers when. You might not have heard the song for years and years and years. And then it's playing when you walk into a shop or it's playing on the radio. And all of a sudden, you are taken back to that moment at some point in your life when you first heard that song, when you first fell in love with that song. Whatever's going on in our lives, the song remembers when. There's actually a song called the song remembers when that we're not going to play today we're actually going to move away from bond for a minute and i know you're all thinking uh here we go it's tim mcgraw time well it's not we're not actually going to play a tim mcgraw track i mean it's absolutely heinous that tim has not been invited to um record a bond film a bond song um and yeah considering he is an actor as well as a singer what's going on guys get him in for the next one get him in for the next one because he has recorded um theme music he's recorded uh, theme music for the film Gravity. Um, he has also recorded um, he recorded the music for the film The Shack. That's an amazing watch. You know, when you're a little bit sick of um, Bond, have a look at the streaming services and look for The Shack. That's an absolutely amazing film that um, you know, will talk to Tenacity will talk to resilience in a very, very different way. But no, Tim McGraw has not been selected to record a Bond track yet, which means I can't really play. Um, can't really play Tim McGraw this week, so I'm not going to. But we are going to move away from Bond themes for a minute because did you know, um, the author of the Bond films, Ian Fleming, um, as well as being a spy in his own right. He um, he started out in naval, in naval intelligence. Um, he also wrote 
a very, very famous book, which um, became a very, very famous film and a very, very famous musical. Can you guess what it is? Here's the theme tune. What a funny noise it's making. Well, she's only talking. Talking? Yes, all engines talk to you, especially when you get to know them. What's it saying? She's saying... Chitty, chitty, chitty. Bang, bang. Chitty, 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 bang, bang. Chitty, chitty, bang, bang. 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 Oh, you. Pretty, chitty, bang, bang. Chitty, chitty, bang, bang. We love you. And in chitty, chitty, bang, bang. Chitty, chitty, bang, bang. What we'll do near, far, in a motor car. Oh, what a happy time we'll spend. Bang, bang. Chitty, chitty, bang, bang. I'll find for fender friend. Bang bang chitty chitty bang bang. I'll find for fender friend. It's a much better name than Panther. Right? Who's for a spin? Truly? Rather. Let's go for a picnic. A picnic? By the seaside. All right, hop in. Drive, Daddy, drive. Well, you've got to say please to Chitty first. Please. Oh, you. Pretty chitty bang bang, chitty chitty bang bang. We love you and ah. Pretty chitty bang bang, chitty chitty bang bang. Loves us too. High, low. Anywhere we go, on chitty chitty we depend. Bang bang, chitty chitty bang bang, our fine for fender friend. Bang bang, chitty chitty bang bang, our fine for fender friend. You're uncategorical. A fuel burning oracle. A phantasmagorical machine. You're more than spectacular. To use the vernacular, your wizard, your smashing, your king. Chitty bang bang, chitty chitty. Hey, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Did you know that? Did you know that it was Ian Fleming that wrote Chitty Chitty Bang Bang? There is another part to this story. The um, the car that was used in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, the film, has been through a number of owners and I believe it is now owned uh, in the UK by the um, radio presenter, uh, Chris Evans. Now, I've never met Chris Evans. I've read his books. Um, I have an awful lot of respect for the way that Chris Evans has changed his life around from a fairly mad um, you know, early days uh, to um, to you know, being a highly professional individual doing you know, doing so much good for charity through um, through his radio shows but actually um, it's Chris Evans that I must thank for the way that I plan my shows um, Chris Evans once shared that um, he uses a CD. Remember them? Before music streaming services, he uses a CD. He draws around the CD, and the CD is then the show. And he then breaks the show up into the different segments, whether it's music, it's whether it's news, it's guests, whatever it is. And when I was so fortunate to be offered um, a radio show up in the Wairarapa in New Zealand, I remembered that um, I remembered that interview uh, with uh, with Chris Evans and thought 
that's how I'm going to plan the show. So for the most part, I know what's going on in the show, which is really quite handy because when I get talking, I get talking. So there is the link. Oh, isn't it great when you can actually create a link? As J.R.R. Tolkien of Hobbit and Lord of the Rings fame, you we are all part of the great stories and we can all be part of the great stories those six degrees of separation that that, that's all it is for humanity to be completely joined up and we can take the um the songs of bond the writings of ian fleming the car and bring it all the way down to um who taught me how to plan my radio shows so yes ian fleming and for a moment let's just let's just focus on the books of bond because the books of bond are everything from um you know full length novels to um short stories the quantum of solace which was uh, um daniel craig's second outing as bond um the quantum of solace was a very short story that the title of which was then used for um for that film um whether or not it's aligned at all with the story itself but the bond books themselves um are i have a depth that yeah like most books if the lady elizabeth was sitting here we would be having a rather warm conversation about films versus books and for the most part i agree with her the books are always better than the films um and certainly you're reading the bond books there is far greater depth you get into the character of bond far more you see a man who um who has uh who has weaknesses and you know when you go back to um the second track we played today on the resilient show um in uh, skyfall you really begin to understand some of the backstory of bond um, the fact that um, he was orphaned when his parents were killed in a climbing accident in the Alp. he Alps, he was he was fostered um, and was then picked up by MI6 at some point in the future. Um, it is said that uh, orphans, um, children who've been through catastrophic incidents in their lives, uh, make some of the best spies. Um, and that's the backstory that Ian Fleming built into the books that sometimes don't come to the fore in the films because it's you know, it's far more about fast cars, champagne, baddies, um, bombs and bullets. And yeah, sometimes they got a little bit silly. I think you know, there's some of the films you look at and go, that's a little bit mad. One of the great films and one of the silly beginnings to the films was when Bond swapped his Aston Martin for a bright yellow um, Citroen... Uh, uh, well, what they call yeah, a, a bright yellow Citroen car as he was crashing through the olive groves in the Mediterranean. Here it comes.
Sheena Easton with For Your Eyes Only from which Bond film was it? Which Bond film was it? Yes, you're right. It was from For Your Eyes Only, which was um, Roger Moore's fifth outing as Bond. Roger Moore was actually the, the, the actor who played the oldest Bond. He was 58 years old when he finished playing Bond in uh, A View to a Kill um, a gra- against a very, very angry, aggressive Grace Jones um, around, about the, um, around about the sites of Paris. Um, I was talking, it just got me thinking, um, sitting watching films. There's nothing wrong with sitting down watching films, is there? Um, and I was I, I was talking to um, a, a coaching client of mine um, earlier on in the week, and they'd said, oh, at the weekend, do you know what I did? And I said, I don't know, what did you do? Um, and they had sat down with a glass of red wine and watched a film. Don't know what film it was. Um, they sat down and watched the film, and they then said, "And I felt so guilty." And I had to stop them because you know when we're talking about resilience, um, I want and let's let's just do a little bit of resilience stuff. Since we're sort of at the midpoint of the resilience show this morning on Fresh FM, www.freshfm.net, um, wherever you are on planet Earth, and I know you are, and wherever you are off planet Earth. Um, seeing as we've already played Moonraker, um, 
you that whole concept of feeling guilty well you let's let's break it up a little bit and we've spoken about this before um if we're feeling guilty that's shame and that's negative that's that's a bad vibe that's a bad vibe for us folks and if we feel too much shame then we begin to get anxious and you know that's that downward spiral that we talk about whereas if we are proud if we have pride in what we're doing, then that's the upward spiral. That's the joy. That's the gratitude. So if you ever sit down to watch the telly box um, and maybe have a glass of wine or a cup of coffee or hot chocolate, whatever, whatever you choose to have, sit down and be proud of the fact that you have created time for yourself. Sit down and celebrate the fact that you have a house to shelter you that you have a chair to sit in that there's a telly box on the wall or on the um on the, on the furniture that you can watch and relax with be proud of these things this world has taught us that we should be ashamed of taking time looking after ourselves you know we can be treated like morons sometimes in that world out there i and when and I use that word specifically because it makes us feel bad about ourselves. And that's been going on too long and it's been building. Just been building, build, just those little moves. Those little moves that cause us to question ourselves. And those questions cause the downward spiral. Whereas if we sit back, relax, and just have pride in what we are doing, then all of a sudden we begin to own our lives. All of a sudden, we feel that we're participating in the world. All of a sudden, we begin to feel a little bit more fulfilled. And the great thing about feeling fulfilled is you are proud of the fact you feel fulfilled, getting tongue-tied, and that is the upward spiral. That's what we do. So, this weekend... Pick a film. I don't care. Pick a whole... I do care deeply. I don't care what you choose to watch. Pick a whole series on one of the streaming channels and watch it. Have that binge. The whole point of holidays, the whole point of long weekends is to recharge the batteries. When we're working with clients, we talk about taking a day or two days every 30 days where you are not doing work, where you're not on your screen, where you're not answering emails, answering the phone. And every 90 days, take a week or two weeks and do the same. This is recharging our batteries. It allows us to be more, it allows us to be better us. It brings back our uniqueness to the world. So, to my friend, to um, my client who had a glass of wine and watched a film, good on you. Well done. And for those of you thinking, oh, I can't do that. Yeah, you can. Take some time. Take some time out and just stick on that telly box. Grab your favourite tipple and just relax a little bit. And we'll talk a little bit more about the importance of relaxing and escaping after this next track. Now, you may have noticed that I have... What have we done so far? Um, we've definitely played um, Daniel Craig Bond track. We have played um, a Sean Connery track. We've played a couple of um, Roger Moore tracks. Uh, so we've yet to play a Pierce Brosnan track, but in the right order of things, here is uh, here's Aha, 
And this is one of the two films that Timothy Dalton was in playing Bond.
So that was the uh, the Living Daylights, one of two outings for Timothy Dalton as Bond, the other one being um, licensed to kill when he actually resigns from um, MI6 and then comes back again, fortunately, because there's still so many more stories to go. Um, I, he gets a bit of a bad rap as uh, Bond, um, Timothy Dalton, but actually, I mean, I think you know the films, the films were quite gritty. The films were identifying some of the major issues that were going on at that, that time in the um, in the late eighties. Um, you know that the sort of divisions of the the towards the end of the Cold War and even um, the war in Afghanistan. Afghanistan. Um, you might notice that one of the tracks that I'm not, or one of the tracks and one of the films I'm not referring to today is, well, I'm just about to, from Russia with Love. The Lady Elizabeth suggested that maybe um, we shouldn't be um, focusing our attentions on Russia and neither, well... There's a whole different story about what's... Well, there's a, a whole narrative that we could dive into. We'll not. We will keep it light. That was The Living Daylights, played, sung by Aha on the Resilient Show. See what I did there? Um, so let's just talk for a minute, seeing as this is the Resilient Show, and much as we're doing a bit of a Bond special, a very Bond special today, because it is Good Friday and it's a holiday weekend. Um, escapism. For many, many years, I chose not to read fiction books. I always read um, non-fiction, so fact-based books, whether they were biographies, autobiographies, um, personal development books, uh, learning all of the time. The only time I would ever, ever pick up a novel was maybe when we were going on holiday. Um, and unfortunately, I got so into the book that I'd read it in the first day or the first couple of days of the holiday. Um, and I still do that. Some of you know, some of the great novels that that are out there. Jack Higgins, um, the uh, the eagle has landed, um, who unfortunately died, but after a very good innings. Some of those Len Dayton, some of these great spy books. Um, what a way to escape! And escaping through television or through reading or even listening to music is so important for our brains. It allows those synapses to connect in different ways it just it allows us to to disappear off and it brings back our imagination one of the eight principles of um of of leadership in my book lead through life is intellect and within that there are the three different areas of judgment flexibility and um imagination by reading novels we imagine. We imagine the places that we could go. We imagine what we would do if it was us in that place. So, you know, again, you know, it's so important to look after our brains and, and our bodies in lots and lots of different ways. So if you're one of those people that doesn't read, or if you only read um, non-fiction books, pick up a novel and it really doesn't matter what sort of novel it is if you are if you if you don't read maybe you maybe you struggle to read pick up a book it doesn't matter what it is i was on a flight the other day um uh, into nelson in new zealand and um there was a chap sitting next to me and he was reading um a, a young child's book um lots of pictures lots of big words it was a great story i read it over his shoulder um it was a, it was a great story but you know he was reading it now i didn't ask whether he was reading it because he'd bought it for a child or maybe he was just getting into reading it doesn't matter 
The fact is that we are picking up books. We have access to you know, so much information in the 21st century. We've got access to so much history. But it's amazing what we can learn when we pick up um, uh, pick up a novel. Um, pick up something you're interested in. I'm very, very interested in ancient Egypt. And you know some of the novels you can read about ancient Egypt a different slant on the the story of Egyptology, and I'll call it that for a specific reason. Um, history is written by the victor. Um, let's leave that one there. So, um, right, we're we're heading back to Bond. Um, we've we've played the music of all but two of the um, the actors who played Bond. Now we're going to come to. The individual who I thought played an absolutely amazing role as Bond a little bit later on in the show. But the one who, the music that we haven't yet touched on is um, this chappy here. Uh, Pierce Brosnan um, took up the role of Bond. Uh, he was actually offered it instead of Timothy Dalton, but he was tied up uh, with uh, legally, um, contractually tied into uh, another character of his called Remington Steele. Great books. If you can find them on um, on YouTube, I don't know if you're there, but have a watch at Remington Steel. You can really see where Pierce Brosnan began to finesse the character and the way that he played Bond. This was his first outing as Bond. Other girls, they gather around 
Streaming, bringing that one out slightly, um, slightly early. It was going on a little bit. That was Tina Turner and Golden Eye from the film of the same name. Now, do you know why the film was called Golden Eye? What was it that uh, that caused that caused them to choose that? Well, um, if you've watched, if you've read Bond, um, he spends lots of time in the Caribbean, and so did the author Ian Fleming. In fact, Ian Fleming moved to the Caribbean and built a house called Goldeneye. That was his ranch in um, in the Caribbean. And that was where the name of that song, that film, came from. Now, we used to go to Bond quizzes, themed quizzes, um, and they used to be fancy dress as well. Um, that was the last time I had bright pink hair, when the hair dye didn't work, as I dressed up as the um, the KGB colonel Rosa Kleb, um, who had the stabby thing on the end of her toes. Um, and uh, yeah, um, my hair went pink. I was told that it would, um, it would wash out uh, after three washes. It didn't, so um, I had to go to work in uniform the following day with my green beret, the green beret of the intelligence corps and the British army um with my berry on and bright pink hair underneath um it did wash out in the end but these quizzes got pretty challenging and you each quiz had to you had to mine for the most challenging of questions and one of the questions that um that threw us all for a little while was where did ian fleming get the name James Bond from. It turns out that the original James Bond was 
actually an author in his own right. Um, he was an ornithologist too, and he wrote a book called Birds of the Western Caribbean. Birds of the Western Caribbean, written by a Mr. James Bond. There you go. So next time you turn up at a quiz night, you're now ready for that Bond question. The fun we had researching different questions to ask one another as we got ready to compete. And I tell you what, towards the end of those evenings, things got pretty confronting when people were unhappy with the answers. What does Spectre stand for? There's one for you. What does Spectre stand for? And this next track is Sam Smith, Writings on the Wall, from the film Spectre. I've been here before Always hit the floor I've spent a lifetime running And I always get away But with you I'm feeling something That makes me want to stay I'm prepared for Like a storm is coming If I'm gonna make it through the day Then there's no more use in running This is something I gotta face Cause the right 
Sam Smith, Writings on the Wall from Spectre. Have you figured it out yet? Have you figured out what Spectre actually means? Spectre is an acronym for the Special Executive for Counterintelligence, Terrorism, Revenge and Extortion. Who's the head? Ernst Stavros Blofeld. And Spectre was first introduced to the Bond franchise in the novel Thunderball back in 1961. Over 40 years ago, we've been dealing with Spectre, but it really was relaunched properly in um, in the time that Daniel Craig played uh, played Bond. Not going to give any more than that away, just in case you're still catching up and you're thinking, oh, I must actually have a look at this Bond stuff. But look at the way the music has changed, you know, from Aha and that sort of 1980s style of, you know, that sort of pop synthesizer music to the real anthem music that has you know, has been around for really the, um, the the last half dozen bonds. It's fascinating the way that the music has flowed through the last well over forty years, um, along with the way that the films have developed. Now um, we've still got one more bond that we haven't spoken about. We haven't played the music for that bond yet. And I've got to say that that bond, that book, that film um, probably are, is my favourite. Um, it's a part of the world. It's, it's shot in a part of the world that I have uh, really, really um, enjoyed my time in. Um, but we're not quite there yet. Um, I wanted to squeeze this one in um, because I just think it's such a cool track uh, sung by Rita Coolidge and actually uh, it really does reflect what we're seeing um, going on in Europe. Um, the film Octopussy uh, it, yeah, it was it was filmed you know, as the um, as the Iron Curtain came down and there was um, much joy in the West but there was consternation from the other side of the Iron Curtain with some who believed that uh, the Soviet Union was a power that should be allowed to exist. And Bond, as ever, the filmmakers, Cubby Broccoli, takes a slightly um, a slightly tongue-in-cheek view of what was going on and introduces us to Octopussy's Circus. I don't want to waste away 
from Octopussy um, where Maud Adams um, actually she played um, a Bond girl twice um, she played the um, the love interest of Scaramanga in The Man with the Golden Gun and then came back from being uh, shot uh, in the neck um, in Man with the Golden Gun to play the part of Octopussy um, in the film of the same name. A good fun film. Um, your Roger Moore at his best, steaming through the uh, the countryside outside Peterborough. Um, that was the, the the steam trains that were used uh, for for the filming of the uh, from the the, the Arden Curtain. Um, most of the time, those same same steam trains. If you're in the UK looking for something to do this weekend, a little bit of public broadcasting for you guys over there in the United Kingdom. If you're around about um, Peterborough, um, that's where Thomas the Tank Engine lives, kids. So. If you're looking for something to do, maybe go for a ride on Thomas the Tank Engine. My children used to love going off to ride on Thomas the Tank Engine and visit him in his station sheds when they were little. Anyway, anyway, I digress. Back to the only bond that we have not mentioned. Um, when Sean Connery decided that he was retiring as Bond after the film you only live twice remember that one um the where he he yeah he he died but didn't die and um it was all about the japanese and you know japanese and russians and and uh, sorry the soviets and the americans uh, space uh, space program um when he decided that, that that was it for um, for his time as bond um george lazenby that's the name you've been looking for george lazenby was selected to play bond wasn't an actor. Who knew? He wasn't an actor. Um, but he also said that he would only play the um, play the role once. Um, and the film was on Her Majesty's Secret Service. Uh, Bond got married. I hope I'm not ruining too much. But uh, yeah, Bond got married to um, to Teresa uh, in in on Her Majesty's Secret Service. Great 
cool film. Telly Savalas plays um, Blofeld, plays a sterling job um, as as Blofeld, living in the Alps, above the the town of Lauterbrunnen in, in the um, the Lauterbrunnen Valley, um, a place that um, the Lady Elizabeth and I and our family have spent many amazing holidays. I climbed up to the Piz Gloria, which was. Um, Blofeld's hideaway in the uh, in the Alps for the film on Her Majesty's Secret Service, um, but that was actually the film that led me to read the books of Ian Fleming, read the books of um, of Bond. The first Bond book I ever read was on Her Majesty's Secret Service, and that really does show that um, Bond is vulnerable. Um, you know, when he gets stuck, he's stuck by himself up the mountain. He is vulnerable, and that culminates quite nicely with his um, marriage to um, to Tracy. Um, although that doesn't—I I mean, I hope I'm not spend, spoiling the end of the story—but that doesn't last too long. Just after he has, he's uttered these words. <laughs>
course, that is the theme tune to um, uh, On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Uh, we have all the time in the world sung by Louis Armstrong. The track kicks in just after um, Blofeld's henchwoman, Irma Bunt, comes round the corner on her motorcycle and guns um, Tracy Bond, or as she was before she got married, Teresa Di Vincenzo, um, to death uh, and you know that's the story that's the end of um george lazenby's time as bond and of course the only other time that Teresa bond is mentioned is when uh, roger moore visits her grave in one of one of his early bond films and then throws stavros down a chimney because why wouldn't you why wouldn't you just take a helicopter and throw him down the chimney because that's what happened now um, that sort of brings us. Yeah, we're we're heading towards the um, the the end of the show, and this has very much been. Um, look, it's a little bit of fun, and why don't we have some fun when we have a a holiday weekend coming up? Um, yeah, we've spoken a little bit about resilience, a little bit about tenacity, um, but yeah, really, this has just been an excuse to play some absolutely amazing music from the Bond films over the last many many years, and. And that brings us right up to date. And there is a reason why I played We Have All the Time in the World just before I played this next track. Um, it surprised me a little bit, but then when I thought about it, it didn't surprise me that much that some of the music in the latest film, the latest Bond film, No Time to Die, is a reprise of We Have All the Time in the World. And um as bond and his lady friend are heading towards the italian city they're off to stay in she asks him to drive faster and his response is i don't need to drive faster we have all the time in the world i 
Eilish with the theme to No Time to Die when Madeline Swan, played by Leah Sidhu, asks Bond to drive a little bit faster. Well, that was The Resilient Show for this Friday, Good Friday. The show was entitled The Proper Function of Man is to Live, Not to Exist. I shall not waste my days in trying to prolong them. I shall use my time. I hope you enjoyed that. I hope it was a little bit of fun. I know we dropped into resilience just a little bit on the Resilience Show on www.freshfm.net. Um, but whatever you are doing for this Easter weekend, celebrating with family, celebrating with friends, realizing the most important day of the Christian calendar, whatever it is, go out there and have some fun. But most important, from me and from the Lady Elizabeth. Remember that you are unique. You know, this has been a world where we have been told to do stuff for a little bit too long, and that stops us being unique sometimes. But it's so important to be unique. It's so important to remember exactly who you are. And why is that important? Well, it's important because, really, to be honest... Nobody does it better.
The podcast you just listened to was a live recording of a radio show, first broadcast on Fresh FM, the Top of the South's community access media station, with support from New Zealand On Air. The funding of Access Media makes these podcasts possible. To find similar programs by other community access media stations, go online to accessmedia.nz.